to get with the programming. We are in our first series, episode nine, as we analyze the 2015 CrossFit Games. I'm Chase Ingram. I'm Captain America. Along with Bill Grundler. And we have a very special guest joining us. And I think uh, we got in trouble last time. We didn't have any theme music for Roy McKernan. So I decided to put on some theme music (laughs) for our special guest. Oh, Mr. Blue Eyes, Dan <laughs> Bailey joining the show, ladies and gentlemen. How'd you like that? He didn't even know this was coming. No, I didn't see that one coming. You know, I'm not totally surprised, but yeah, no, I didn't see that coming. If you good. could see a man blush via podcast radio waves, this would be a good moment. It's right now. For they Dan can feel Bailey. the heat, man. I know they can feel the heat over the, over the audio waves. Coursing through the waves right now. The, the amount of production that went into me finding that audio clip and setting it on the board took entirely too long, but it was totally worth this moment right now. Yeah, totally. Oh, hey. And it probably won't ever come up on Instagram at all. So prepare yourself for never hearing that song or your face put together. I might have done a little extra searching for some photos and some super zoom on a computer (laughs) compilation. So uh, this won't be the last time we can make uh, Mr. Dan Bailey blush. Dan, dude, thank you so much for being on. Um, You know, we reached out to you a, a little while ago and then looking at 2015, you know, you're one of the best storytellers in the game. You are, you know, you're part of the Rogue Iron Game show. I just, I love what you bring to the commentary side. I've always loved what you brought to the competition side. And you're just a good old fashioned, great human being. And we're stoked to have you on, man. Thanks for being here. No, for sure. You guys are, you know, same thing right back at both of you guys. Top notch. Appreciate what you've done in the community. Fired up that you guys are jumping on the mics now on your own. And, uh, you know, Chase, it's been great being on the uh, Iron Game with you. And, Bill, man, we were just talking before. I just I haven't seen you in forever. I haven't chatted in a while, so I'm I'm fired up for what we got here. I know, man. It's gonna be a good time. It'll be a good time for sure. Dan gets on and Needed. goes, "Jeez, you got old." <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! You know, I think at one point somebody asked me on a podcast that they said, uh, uh, "I can't remember something about something about they're referring to your name, Bill." And I said, "I'm pretty sure it's like the definition of a very." Fit, very old man. <laughs> yeah, just an incredibly fit, incredible. That is what a Bill Grunner is. <laughs> I mean, that's cool. I'll take it. You know, I'll take what I can get, especially nowadays. Jeez. So, hey, are you, you're officially in the Baby Masters, right? I am in the Baby Masters, yeah. Mm. Man. Come on in. The water's yeah. fine. Baby Masters. Come, you know, I come on into the jacuzzi now. with the Baby Masters. I, just, I don't know, you know. Well, we'll see. I don't know what in the world's going to happen in the next, whatever, six months of. Who's going to know what's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen in the next week. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, I know you guys can't see this, but I I look a bit disheveled at the moment. I just did Angie for the first time in about two years, about 15 minutes before we hopped on. So my heart rate's a little jacked right now. (laughs) Yeah, dude. You didn't want to drink coffee beforehand? You had to go do. Well, before that? I figured I'd, it'd be less jitters, but then I realized that I still do pre-workout. So like my hands are a little <laughs> shaky, but I did get a five second PR. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Oh, uh, all right. Yeah. PR. But that's good. Those yeah. things are few and far between. So, 
Uh, hey, speaking of few and far between, it's been a few years since the 2015 CrossFit Games. How about that high-quality transition? Transitional <laughs> statement. And Woo! we wanted to have That's Mr. Professional Dan. right there. We that wanted to have professional. Mr. Dan yeah. Bailey on to join us as we go through the programming. And, what you know, we had uh, the last two episodes, 2013, we had Josh Bridges. 2014, we had Roy McKernan. And as we move into 2015, Dan, this is a great year for you. But, you know, I think... Um, when you watched the, what was the games documentary called? I can't remember what was the 2000. Uh, I think it was just the called fittest. fittest on Earth. Fittest or on the Earth. Fittest, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. The Fittest film, yeah. And I think when you look at, say, your overall outcome, which this year you got fourth place overall, and kind of yeah. how your weekend went, it was quite the roller coaster. Very much so. <laughs> Huge roller coaster. Like, <laughs> I mean, you, I came in feeling great. Um, in great shape, probably the best shape I've ever been in. Uh, and a whole lot of confidence in the weekend. Um, and, you know, some of events started unfolding and, and, you know, I felt pretty prepared for some of the stuff that we kind of got hints for and all that. So coming into the weekend, just, you know, a whole lot of confidence, but you know, that's the thing that people don't, a lot of people don't understand just about the games is how much of a roller coaster it is for every athlete and how, the smallest little things can make the biggest difference in an event where every second counts, every point counts, every rep counts, like, especially when you're talking about being among the top 1% mm -hmm. of the 1% of people who are competing for the title of fittest man on earth. So, um, but yeah, awesome weekend. Uh, you know, the outcome was fantastic. Wish it would have been just a little better, but it yeah. was, it was amazing. Yeah, right there, really man. Result. Yeah. And yeah. You're right. So what was the, um, from that year? I mean, I, I'm sure that's probably a pretty, pretty strong you know memorable year i mean you're you're right there right at the podium I mean, you've always been really close and, and real consistent with everything but what was the uh what was the high and i don't mean like placing wise but what was the high point what was the low point of that year for you um man of, of just like the games weekend yeah i mean like you said there's a, i mean there obviously was, a, was yeah. a lot of ups and downs you talked about that but like what what specifically were like the man that was really cool or man that one really sucked <laughs> yeah um the one that really sucked that sticks out of my mind is um, the sandbag event. Oh. Yeah. Uh, just moving sandbags from A to B. I mean, yeah. awesome, super cool. You know, it was a repeat event basically from, I want to say 2010, yep. maybe. Yep. Yeah. Um, although the wheelbarrow that Rogue made for this one was like, <laughs> you know, it was built like a Sherman tank. A bit so. more robust. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the um, I was fired up for it. I like kind of the grunt work stuff. I like just moving objects from a to b you know not a lot of technique not a lot of skill involved you just got to go right um but it turns out getting the sandbags back over the wall on the opposite <laughs> side of the tennis stadium floor took a little bit of skill took a little bit of thought process and so i practiced a couple things in um warm up and basically there was a handful of sandbags that it's like you know I threw it up one time. It didn't go, came back down, hit me in the face, whatever. And you're like, you know, as an athlete, you have to have that short-term memory. Hey, shake it off. Forget about it. Like, don't even, don't dwell on it. Grab it. Go get it up over the wall on this try. I go again and miss again. Comes down. It's like, okay, like, here we go. And then I go again. And then that short-term memory started going away. And it's like, you start swearing in your head. You start swearing out loud. You start getting really frustrated. And it's like, all right, this has to go over the wall now didn't again i can't remember how many times i missed one of the sandbags um and so looking at that it's just like it's just one of those techniques it wasn't like i don't want to call it a fitness issue it's not right. like i wasn't 
capable. I wasn't in shape. I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't, didn't have enough. Maybe you could argue like coordination, accuracy, agility, some of those things, mm-hmm. but, uh, just left so many points on the board <laughs> with a really simple, like mental error, not yeah, like yeah. making the correction that needed to be made so that you failed once and that right. was it. You made the correction and then you move on. It was like four times in a row that when you lose with that 10, 20, 30, 40 seconds, oh. even the field is just blown yeah. by you. If they're not making mistakes, you, you'd rather you that you'd... be a hole in your fitness than just something you couldn't <laughs> do. Did, did you, uh, you weren't, you weren't the athlete that goes back to, to figure out exactly how much better you needed to, uh, let's not do to them do. this early in the show, Bill. Oh, 100% I, am, Bill. I don't know what athlete isn't that. Of course. Why are you happy? But at the same time you go home, you sit down at the computer and start pulling your hair out. Like, Oh my God. Well, I need oh. to finish like five seconds or three seconds faster in about three events. Break out the old slide rule. Oh, third place man. in the games. Yeah. <laughs> I got the abacus. Some things around and, holy smokes. Oh no. Best moment. Yeah. Best moment real quick before we go. I bet I could guess. Ooh. Oh man. Yeah. It might be one That's of my favorite moments one. of the games too. Your favorite what? It might if your moment is the same as mine. Uh, the the sprint. Yes. And snagging the sunglasses. The sunglasses, yeah. man. We'll get yep. there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Gosh, that- dude. I, I want to know. Like, I went back and I was watching the videos. Like, you need to invest in one of those gator things that you strap oh, your oh glasses. Gosh. You lost your glasses like four, five, six times, man. Every event uh, they were coming yeah. up. Yeah, DT. That's probably why. That's probably why you missed the sandbag. There's games, probably sunglasses that kept falling off. There's probably one frat dude in the sunglasses. Stands. In that event, Bill. <laughs> exactly, because they fell off. See, they that's fell the problem. Off round one. That's right. I believe they're called I croakies. See where to put the sandbag? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, hey. Let's get into these events, shall we? Okay. Event number one. We go to the beach and we do the, this is the, since I would say 2011. So Bill, you tested 2011 swim event. Nobody tested 2012 because it was on Camp Pendleton. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I did 13, 14. This one I didn't do. This is the, uh, one of the one swim events I didn't test and it was the, uh, Swim paddleboard swim, which was in these ish distances, 500 meter swim, two mile paddleboard. We haven't seen a paddleboard yet. And then a 500 meter swim. Now, I believe, was there one year, Dan, where it, it, those, you know, those night before the games briefing where he's going to brief like the event? Did he bring out a paddleboard one year, but then like, fake everyone out that we weren't going to do that i feel like i that happened one time i think he brought out like a like a stand-up paddleboard that's it that's yeah. it and and faked that and yes. then the paddleboard that we actually used in 2015 was not stand-up it was prone like a professional prone paddleboard which arguably requires a lot more skill to do properly and a quickly and efficiently more, a lot more skill i believe <laughs> yeah. there's a video clip in the 2015 documentary the el rollo of- the old uh, gator roll from Dan Bailey's <laughs> Dan Bailey's paddleboard. Hey, tried to surf my way back into the uh, beach there. And they even had the it, sound uh, effects in that one too. This yeah, all the sloshing <laughs> in the water. The, the old over. yep, nope. <laughs> um, dude, I. I, when I saw that, and this come from a lifeguard background, when I saw that, I was so stoked. One because they were pulling out the paddleboard because I like paddleboards and I I'm, I'm decent at that, so that would be super fun. Um, but it's the first time that the entire event was in the water. 
Like we've had run some runs. We've True. had things where you have to come out and do muscle ups. We've had things where you have to do burpees and thrusters and all that. This is strictly water. And so now you, you have a big gap between those that can sort of hang out in the water and those that are like, they've spent some time in the water. And if you've had that kind of experience, I mean, you're going to, you're going to be, you're going to be in such a better position for so many people, you know, or, or the flip side is that the whole field is just so bad <laughs> that like, you can kind of like hang in there with the group, you know what I mean? And this is like the earliest, the early part where, you know, crossroaders still weren't good swimmers yet. Still haven't mm -hmm. figured that one out yet. Um, but that was, uh, like, I think that was a real specific water test. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I remember actually being pretty excited about it when I heard about it. I mean, I would have, for me personally, for those like longer, the outdoor beach events, whatever, I want a little more variety. Like me personally, like one year, I think we did run and we did like swimming and we did some kettlebell thrusters and burpees and yeah, stuff like yep. that. I really like that one. Um, but at the same time, because I've been living in California now for a year and a half or so, uh, you know, I picked up surfing pretty yeah regularly so i knew what to expect i knew like okay the paddleboard's not going to be quite the same as a surfboard but i know what's going to fatigue first i know kind of how to pace this a little bit and i know that like when it hits when the moment hits where you're basically just flopping around your arms like noodles in the water <laughs> uh like don't panic it's normal like this is your speed you can't go any faster and you need to prep yourself and pick it up on the swim for the last 500 meters um and so i didn't do bad in that one being you know born and raised and uh, the Midwest, the, the old landlocked Ohio, state so of Ohio. <laughs> you Did, know who uh, also is, loved this event was, was the Australians. Oh, oh my gosh, they killed Dude. everyone. It wasn't they had close. what three in the top five on the men's side and three in the top yes. six on the women's side. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I mean, once again, the it would be like it would be like having like okay, you guys, to this year for the CrossFit Games, we're gonna have ice skating race. <laughs> <laughs> well. Right. I, I think I put on ice skiing. skates like four times in my life. So like, I would be like, well, okay, cancel this one, <laughs> right. you know, try not to get last. That, that's what you're shooting for. And that's kind of the same sort of a deal. And, and, and I know that that's the case. So like part of me, when I'm looking at the program, part of me is like, okay, well, is that too specific for the test? You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden we're really picking a task that is very, like really specific swimming is one mm -hmm. thing i can argue that swimming is something that you need to test because if you fall in the water you got to be able to get out but mm -hmm. when when in that definition of fitness it is like you need to get on a professional race paddleboard <laughs> and work your way through two miles of paddling you know um even though i love the event i i, I think that there may that i per my personal opinion as much as i love the event i think that is when you look at the test like that it's it's it starts to get really close to that line of is it is it too specific? It's too specific, yeah. For what you're trying to get. I mean, be like a strongman right. event. <clears throat> well, I mean, I agree. I mean, and, and I when I was when I was looking at all this stuff, I think the same type of thing. Like I you go to the clean and jerk, one right. rep max clean and jerk, you know, right. when, when we get to that, it's a kind of the same type of thing. It's a specific thing, but I, like more there are so I know many what more you're people saying. that have but, to, the, but when your ability to get to the bar, you know. Yeah, and the, but the argument that you can make there is that the the ability that you're testing. Yeah, in I know what you're saying. The clean and jerk, you you almost have to use that right to test the thing that you want to test. Right, like if, right. if no, you want to test cardiovascular endurance, stamina, 
you know, muscular endurance. If you want to test those things, you don't have to just paddle for two miles and swim for, for a thousand meters. (laughs) You can find a whole bunch of creative ways to kind of do that when it comes down to just testing like raw strength and, you know, explosive ability. And some of the, I think, I feel like you're a little more limited in that category where the clean and jerk and snatch, like it's something that sticks out like a sore thumb is like, well, yes, you would obviously do this to figure out who has that capability the best. Yeah. All right. But I love the event though. Anyway. Yeah, it was cool. So and it was long. Okay. So Yonikoski wins 42 minutes for Yonikoski. Yeah. On the women's side, Cara Saunders, 45, 30. Now was this a Wednesday night with a Thursday break again? Was that the, the format? Wednesday I think morning I event. I did do that one. I want to say I yes. think we did do that. Yeah. Okay. So the, the yeah. night event goes back to the tennis stadium. Now we kind of did the same thing. Well, not we, we, we did the same thing last year where 14 was that swim thruster burpee one that you were talking about, Dan. And then we moved to the tennis stadium for the overhead squat. Then we moved back to the tennis stadium that night and revisit. Is this our second games repeat event of all time? Because they did 2013. They did the 2007 event. And then this one, yeah. So this is our second repeat event. This is from the 2010 CrossFit Games where they just put a pile of sandbags on one side of the tennis stadium and said, move it over to the other side of the tennis stadium, which still is... So when I got cut so early in the 2010 CrossFit (laughs) Games, this was the one event that hurt the most to watch because it was just so raw and unique and just a... Uh, what was Rory's story last week about one of uh, what Boz would consider one of his favorite type of events of all time is like, take all that and move it over there as fast as you can, right? It was that chop wood, carry water style programming. Yeah. And it was just as simple as that as drag. Gosh, how many bags were there? Different weights. Was there three different uh, weights? Yeah, different weights. Yeah. Well, it was like four and four, wasn't it? It was. A, I mean, they increased I feel like it was a bit more year. simplified this year. Yeah. yeah. They increased yeah. the weight. That, that first year they had like five different <laughs> five different uh weights and shapes of the bags i think between like the really little ones that people are like whizzing across the the, the uh up the stairs mm-hmm. but this one like they upped it so it was a uh, 720 and 480 on this one the first time it was 600 and 370 a big jump yeah yeah you know that's, and yeah, yeah. No, no wheelbarrows broke on this year <laughs> no that's Not a plus. plus yeah the uh i think there's something like you said where we're like you guys mentioned the simplicity of it I feel like almost anybody could can watch that or, or tune in and be like, I kind of get, I get that. Even if you don't know what CrossFit is, mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, you're going to move this from here to here as fast as you can. And you guys are racing. Yeah. You're like, that's all you need to know. Got like, it. You don't need to know anything <laughs> else about anything. It's like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah, I can get down with that. Yeah. That, that just such a cool, cool event to watch. Cause you know, they dragged them down the stairs then they loaded these wheelbarrows on the tennis stadium floor. And then they wheeled them across the length of the tennis stadium floor and threw them over the wall and then climbed the wall and took them all. It was just such a cool visual spectator yeah. um, type event. So that's the Wednesday night event on the women's side. Anna Tobias wins at eight 30, 30 seconds ahead of second place on the men's side. You know, this is kind of what you would see, maybe you would consider this a big boy event. And Lucas Hogberg takes first, but Fraser took second yeah. in this event. And then you have Elijah Muhammad and Chad McKay. Although Elijah's probably fr- fresh <clears throat> after laying on his paddleboard for about 25 minutes during the swim that morning. <laughs> he was not that poor that guy. One. He was not having a bad That one. poor guy. <laughs> it's one of those ones that's like, all right, damage control. <laughs> 
I was going to jump uh, in, Bill, when you were describing as like, there's one side of the coin that's the super swimmers and then the other side of the coin where everybody's kind of stuck in the middle and it's like, and there's a third side of the coin, <laughs> which has easy Muhammad's face on it, where it just <laughs> was like, not today, not today, paddleboard. Oh, it's funny. All right. So we, we finished day one. And so I'm a, gosh, I can't remember. So it's a Wednesday and then we come back. Yeah. And then we come to, I don't know if you want to call it the most controversial, one I of the say, most controversial events of I all time. I would say yes. I would say yeah. Um, at least this year. And that was Murph. Yeah. So Murph to start off day number two on a Friday at what time of day? Uh, I think it was like one thirty or something. <laughs> or I noon. don't know. It was the heat of the day. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was hot. I don't it think we hot. have to not go just, through what and not just uh, like the temperature hot, but there was no moving air down on the field. So like there was just, just like that stagnant. Humid. Yeah. Like really humid dew from the grass coming up and all that. Like, yeah. Just brutal. And that I think, and I, and I think it was, I think it actually rained or had that weird kind of like weird funky rain. It's not like a downpour, but like a rain in the morning. So that like upped. Like that the California in the air, misting. so it made it even that much more humid. And I remember walking to the booth, just thinking, like, "Ew, man!" I like get this wet, <laughs> yes, hot towel <laughs> off me, and I'm gonna go sit up in an air conditioned. I was gonna say that darn booth that we had to sweat. sit in <laughs> while Dan's over there dying on the soccer field. Oh man! So, I mean, everybody was pretty fired up in the like the the starting line. You've got everybody just clustered together, but you're all about to funnel down into the tunnel that goes out into the runway which didn't look dangerous so at be, all yeah you don't you don't want to be the last one to get stuck through that tunnel tunnel when in reality it doesn't matter that much it's a mile like things will shake out <laughs> we'll be able to we're not running 100 yards and like at 50 we're going to funnel down like that's not that's what it felt like we were all trying to do um and i kind of made up in my mind I'm like i ah, get out front so you don't have to mess with anybody in the pack so i shot out pretty fast and kind of what i thought was settling in to the my first mile and uh, I don't know if I was just too excited or too fired up or uh, what, but I came back in the stadium and they had somebody on a stopwatch yelling out the mile split times. Okay. And I'm thinking, all right, if I'm like 740, 730, somewhere in there, like I'm doing good. Like that's probably a good pace. Not too fast. It's not too slow. It's about right. And you can jump right into the pull-ups and kind of maintain a good pace through there. And I come through and I think I heard her yell out like 639, <laughs> like 641. And I just, in my head, I'm like, oh no, like, oh. oh boy, like I know what this means. Like I know, you know, 10, 15 seconds, a little bit too fast. Okay. One minute too fast. Wow. Like you, you know, you, you drank too much pre-workout before you <laughs> decided to jump into Murph. So, um, and that was, the, and it, where you came in, what, second out of the mile? A third? Ooh, I don't know. Month? I think Joe I Joe Scully, like Joe Scully came he out. He was flying. Blasted the field. And then that was the last we saw him. And that's like one I of the funniest know. things to talk about that guy. It's been so great. And I love that he got into the whole like trash talk Thursday thing because yeah. that was basically his 15 seconds of fame right there. Him coming in stand or the stadium. And then that was it, you know? Yeah. I want to say that he came through there in under six. I, I think oh, you're right. Like, it was hey, really I close. I want to say that. it was something ridiculous. Did someone yeah. tell him like it was? It was like the marath half marathon row from a couple of years prior. He's like, you know, the first mile is is worth a hundred points. <laughs> you get points. scored. Yeah. I, you know, I totally would have done that to just to the guys that don't pay attention at the games very much. Just pick out that one dude. Hey, yeah. Did you hear what Dave just said? 
points. <laughs> Extra hundred points waiting for you. Got myself right. a free spot on the leaderboard. Right. <laughs> well, the the most infamous moment aside from Joe Scally, and you know we won't belabor this too much because it's been covered quite a bit. Um, just is what uh, happened to Carl Webb or Cara Saunders at the time and, and having that heat injury. A few, actually, athletes suffered from that. Annie Thor's daughter. Annie uh, Thor's daughter, She yep. got hit pretty Stopped hard with that. Times, yeah. Um, this was, I think this was BKG's coming out moment. Was oh my gosh. dominating yeah. Murph. Guy from Iceland. The guy from Iceland. <laughs> Literally never in the heat. Who got sunburn on the Just... first 400 meters of the, the first mile and never looked back. <laughs> True and story. Then, and then Sam Briggs wins at 39-10. And what was that oh stat? 39-10 on the men's side, she would have gotten second. Man, I, but I Matt Fraser so got stoked, second though. at like, There was a lot of discussion about that, about when it was put in and should they have put it there. And yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> everyone has done. Everyone has done this. I love the fact that like it was done the correct way. It wasn't broken yes. up partitioned and i i was something to note yes stoked that it was done that way um the classic 100 200 300 set up that way um my own my own personal opinion on when it was put in there and the fact that it was in the middle of the day and the fact that the ladies had to go even when it was hotter than that because they were after <laughs> the guys um i dave took a lot of heat on that because he said that that would the people were saying that that was unsafely programmed and, and and put in there and i i honestly disagree i mean everyone had to deal with the heat and some people honestly dealt with it and other people didn't deal with it and i i think that that's more of a not a not a incorrect or unsafe programming aspect i think it's more of a training aspect where people trained to be able to deal with that did they know okay did they put water bottles down anywhere so they could you know douse themselves off or that kind of thing there were a lot of things that could happen and there were a lot of people that wore hats and a lot of people that didn't wear hats and the ones that didn't wear hats, you could tell who those people were, you know? Right. What was the you water know, situation and, there? Oh, go ahead, Chase. Go Sorry, ahead. Sorry. I was going to ask you what the, you know, Bill's talking about water bottles and Matt had a funny story about a cooler of water and thought it was a trick about Dave saying he could like, what, what were the rules when you were out there in terms of maybe like leaving your space to get something off the side? And I think that's what, um, I think that's where most of the safety issues came into play. The time of day, the workout, whatever. I, I don't have any beef with that. That's fine. Like yeah. it's, you know, you, I'm pretty sure in the level one manual, it does say something about training in the heat and being able to customize or acclimatize environment to being scenarios. a factor. Yes. Right. So, um, I'm fine with that. And I was fine with that, but I, I, you know, and I'd have to check myself, but I'm not sure if we were allowed to even bring, a water bottle down there and the cooler that was off in the corner, it was kind of like, well, I mean, yeah, I guess you can go get it if you want it, but you have to go get it and it right. would take from your time. Right? right. Um, and even those, those two things is not in of itself. I mean, I'd have to double check myself on that. If we were allowed to bring water down or not, um, probably have to go back and look at the video and see if anybody did. I don't remember dousing myself with any water mm -hmm. until long after I finished the event. So I don't yeah. think that I did bring anything down there. Um, and then I know at the end, the only confusion was you finished and oh. I don't think that we were supposed to leave. Like oh, we had yeah. to stay down there. So, and there was no water. Just, at the finish line there's no water at the finish so line. Like, there's, there's nothing there to, oh if gosh. somebody has gone to that level to subside it, 
yeah, right? Yeah. Or to be prepared for it or to, you know, there is a infamous shot, I think of, you know, people running over to Kara and trying to peel the vest off of her and running to get water to bring it to her. So yeah. it's like, it wasn't there. Like nothing was ready. And I, and think, I think that is the issue. I think the only shade that was on the floor was, uh, it was under a trolley, or that something. trolley thing. And people were like, yeah. uh, the it's girls like the were all trolley. trying to duck underneath to get under that just to get some shade. Right. Crazy. So there was some things that could have been done there to make it a little more safe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think when I when I look at the event, I have no problem with the event being in there. I think it's an amazing test. It's such a cool totally. test to throw out, especially at games athletes. I mean, who yep. better to watch take on Murph than games yeah. athletes against games athletes? I would say is I think there was a lot of things that they just weren't prepared for. And I'm not going to place blame at anyone's certain fault or they screwed up or this should have been done. I think they honestly just didn't see it coming. And they right. didn't see this unfolding the way it did just because I, I didn't even think about it until it, it I was watching it myself. So I'm not going to shit blame anywhere. We've all done Murph yeah. so many times. I've done, I've know, done Murph like, in hotter weather than that. I live in Texas for crying out loud. Like, yeah, right. Of course I'm not going that fast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if, if we want to look at the, the event itself, I thought it was so cool. It was, it was a cool little, I think it was one of Dave's first Instagram posts about a tease of the games. So going in, it was, it was, it was neat to see. And, Aside from, I would say, some of that controversy, cool event, tough event. The setup was, it was awesome. All the athletes out there and spread out all over, all over the field. and um, a, a good, unique test to throw in there, especially before you go. You know, Bill, we kind of saw, we saw this last year or in 2014 where this pattern of long to start, followed long by and short heavy. and intense, and then long yeah. again and followed by short and intense. And the next event coming up is the snatch speed ladder now we had the speed clean ladder the year before and i, I thought it was no surprise to see it come back because that speed clean ladder was so much fun to watch um, yeah a little bit different setting this time because it was coming off murph so the i would say the mood coming in was a little bit different than the <laughs> speed clean ladder of 2014 because that was what saturday night yeah mm -hmm. yeah so this was still midday on friday but again a fun event to watch. It was really cool to watch people move that bar. And, and just snatch is just so much fun to watch people who know what they're doing lift. It's just, it's one of my favorite movements to do, to watch and to see it unfold in that speed format again was, it was cool to, cool to see. Yeah, that was another event where I wish I could have had something back there. I think uh, <laughs> that's something, that's an event that I should have been really good at. I, I feel like I should have been top 10 minimum top, you know, five, you know, if I could uh, squeeze into that later round, even though the weights got that much heavier, but the first round, especially just the weights aren't that heavy. It's moving fast. And that's what right. I do well. Mm -hmm. And I missed a 205 pound snatch. Oh, and if you miss in that first no. round, you're out, like you're done. Yeah. Like everybody's hitting that. And so I think I caught it a little bit forward, just trying to rush too much. And barbell came down and it's like, well, you just hurry up and do it again and then hope that somebody else messes up in a later round and they didn't. I don't think I went on to the next round after that. So it took a huge hit on the head in that one. Yeah, I just went to look for your time and I had to <coughs> scroll push the wheels I, like, I, I did the one where i went i went I, I i pushed down five times and i went up two more because surely i i went past dan's no i didn't <laughs> uh, but okay so um, 
Yeah, but we knew ahead, we, you knew it had to be on there. Just like you were oh, saying, yeah. like the, yeah. the from the year before, like the excitement and how fun it was. It was like it's natural just to have that next one in there, uh, you know, have the snatch in there. One of the things I was thinking about, though, is, again, just like kind of what Dan was saying is it's very exciting to watch. But what happens if you're one of those people that gets caught into either one little bobble? OK, mm -hmm. that's part of the game. But then what if you're in one of those heats that either either is not a very strong heat and you get to bump up and then one of those people get knocked out that probably should be, you know, in, in one of those top heats or whatever. Um, and then that, that point spread, like you, you have, you have a, there's a very high opportunity to lose points very easily oh, in this yeah. event next to something else. So, you oh, know, yeah. when are looking at the whole thing, it's like, it isn't that you had a no rep, if you had a no rep and then you were disqualified from the event almost. <laughs> right. You know? right. So it's right. A, there's a high risk on this one, which I, I think is real unique compared to the other events program wise. I think that was more like yeah. uh, introducing a kind of a sport element to an event, kind of like yeah. kind of like track and field. Yeah. Because did did they take they did they take the winner of every heat and then maybe the top two overall after that, or the just the winners in every heat? No, I think I I think the winner in every heat and then like the next next two so many fastest like times yeah. I think, which partially agree with, partially don't. Should have just yeah. been the fastest times because the fastest people are the fastest. But I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, that one too, like you mentioned, Bill, the, the no rep scenario or something like that, or the bobble, like if you get no rep on a pull-up that you got, that you actually did get, you get a bad call and Murph or something. And it's like, okay, I mean, Not that's one pull-up that's whatever, yeah. but you get a no rep on that one snatch and Man. your event's over. So, yeah. and at the same time, the, the, the counter to that point is you have to be fit enough to overcome those things that happens in sports all the time. Um, at the same time, you want like flawless judging and flawless yeah. whatever, everything, but it's just not going to happen. And you have to be prepared for that, too. Yeah. And I mean, and you can get very geeky with it and be like, OK, well, accuracy, you know, coordination <laughs> and even that even under even under intensity, you should still be able to have those. So you wouldn't miss. And I mean, that's there's there's like book smart and then there's like real life smart. And like that one kind of like <laughs> goes into the book smart <laughs> realm a little bit rather right. than the real life. But um, it, I. Even with that, and this is one of the things that, that we, you know, especially me and Chase, I mean, we obviously look at the numbers and all this, but then be on the broadcast side. It's interesting when you have an event that maybe not be, it may not be programmed or tested absolutely correct, but it looks really fucking cool to watch right. on, yeah. on, on the TV. And everyone is super excited and it hypes everyone up. And it's like, Okay, well, was that bad? Because that was pretty dang cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's really hard to argue with those ones, and so it's really hard to argue with this one, even though it's you know it's. I mean, who doesn't like big weights going up like a fast? Come on, it's awesome. Right. So all right, so John Para wins on the men's side. That yeah, was cool yeah. to watch. Got him yeah. back in action. When was the last time he did it? He competed prior to this. Uh, Years. I don't know. So John, um, Pera, you know what? He was always he, he was, was always, always right in the there, mix yeah. in California. Yeah. Maybe this is like the first time yeah. he made it. Or, gosh, I, sh I should know um, this. But. He's a sheriff. Yes, he's doing the sheriff. Yeah, he was thing, so you know? jacked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Brooke Entz takes the uh, speed snatch ladder for the women, and then we move into a unique twist on a CrossFit Games cool. event because they brought in. 
the fans. Yeah. And so they announced the event, and it was DT. And when first announced, everyone's like, hell yeah, DT. Don't put <laughs> it down. And they're like, oh, wait. Little twist. And they, they gave it to the fans where you could pick heavy DT, which was 205 and 145. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or double DT, so double the round. So it was 12 deadlifts, nine hang power clean, six push jerks for five rounds, or you could do it for 10 uh, as double DT. And when they, they told us this in the truck going in, it's like, here's what we're going to do. I was like, just make it heavy DT because all these fans are going to pick heavy DT because everybody wants to go heavy. Nobody heavy. wants to go long. <laughs> heavy all the time. Heavy all the time. I was like, I'll bet you $1,000 right now the fans pick heavy. And they did. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. So this was Friday night. So we, we, we got our nighttime event, and it's Heavy DT coming back to the tennis stadium. And, oh, geez, all the things you guys have already done, and you go into Heavy DT. What was it like warming up for that event, Dan? Um, you know, get up to 205, do about one deadlift, one hang power clean, <laughs> one push jerk. Like, all right, I'm ready because I'm not wasting any of these right now. <laughs> this is oh. going to be a grind. Like, yeah, I mean, that was a long day. It was day. great. It was long. Yeah, it was a long. Wait, wait, did you say a long day? I felt like it, it was just a long day for you guys. Oh, yeah. All those things stacked in on top of each yeah. other. Like, yeah. Um, but that event was great. I loved it. I was so stoked. I was really happy that the fans picked heavy because <laughs> after the carnage from Murph, I'm like, I don't know if I could have handled another like, high volume anything that day. So, uh, oh, man. yeah, I did. I did well in that one. I was pretty happy with how, how I finished, yeah, you, you know, did. uh, all things considered. So it was a good event. That was, that was man. your bounce back event. Cause you started the weekend off. Let's see. You went eight. And then 29, 17, 34, and then sixth. Yeah. And that was kind of like your sine wave uptick uh, <laughs> going, into the, going into Saturday. But, man, that was, that was a fun event to watch people do because, I mean, if you had the respect of what the weight was, I think if you were just watching it as a fan casually, you're like, okay, it's DT. I was like, no, 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 no. That's heavy that they're doing it in times that you still couldn't do if you scale normal DT. Like that's how right. fast and that, these guys are that's going. What I think, that's what I think is cool about um, when the games, with, with the CrossFit community and you know, all the CrossFit people, members or whatever that have, that have done CrossFit or kind of messed around with the workouts, they've played with this before. So they, they know what it feels like. They know that it's like, all right, I'm going to do 11 deadlifts. And then on the 12th one, I'll stand it up and that'll be my 12. And then I'll go into my yes. hang clean from there. <laughs> yeah. You know, try and think of what they would do. And then they're watching and they're, most people <laughs> will scale that. And then the ones that don't, they know that their time is around 10 minutes if mm-hmm. they're, if they're doing it and they're watching you guys do it at like, you know, 205 pounds. But what was crazy to watch was just how heavy those hang power cleans were at 205. Like watching, watching you guys have to really think about the reps you were doing and being very aware of, okay, how long do I need to rest so that I can get into this next round? Because there's, I mean, there's a lot more waiting than we would normally see. I mean, you guys, you guys do regular DT and it's like the bar doesn't leave your hands. No, I mean, really, it's like, it's in your hands the whole time, but this, it was, it was really different to watch, but it was, uh, the cat and mouse game on the guys and even on the girls side too, was, was fun to watch. It was cool. 
Yeah, if you could get those six shoulder to in the latter rounds, like mm-hmm. three, four, and five, if you could get those six shoulder to overhead unbroken, you were in really good shape. Because it's yeah. like, it's, if you don't have to stop there, then as soon as that barbell hits the floor, it's like, I can deadlift 205 11 times. Right. Like, I can round my back out to all belief and rip that thing <laughs> off the floor. Not that anyone should do that. <laughs> but, but, uh, Dan you know, Bailey, it, not a medical professional. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you could get those six shoulder overhead unbroken, which I, I think Ben Smith ended up winning that event. Man, and just yeah. watching him do that event. operator, like watching him move, like he is just is so clean. So good reason that he won that one. But um, yeah, it was, it was, I was, I was tired after we were done with <laughs> BT. Didn't you kind of lose count or understanding of where you were in the middle of yeah, that event? Yeah, <laughs> I was done. <laughs> with something i can't remember which movement i was I you know you're I, done with deadlifts i thought of that until you reminded me <laughs> uh i was done with i think it was either deadlifts or or something and i just kept repping them out i don't know why i think i did like three extra reps or something and they're like 12 12 you're done stop <laughs> I'm like, oh God. like all right <laughs> please stop you'll you know what you'll never catch me doing anything extra of deadlift reps <laughs> deadlifts <laughs> If I got three no reps, like you're at nine, I'm like, nope, I did 12 and I'm moving on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Uh, watching Ben Smith go through this event at a consistent pace, and I feel like this really set the tone for Ben for the rest of the weekend because he never was out there going crazy in an event or just, it's just like he was in his own, he was just in that zone, right? That, that flow state where he's just moving through casually. It wasn't casual. We know how hard these yeah. guys are going, but that he just was, makes uh, it look easy. It just made it look so effortless. He, and- dude, he was amazing that year. And I, I mean, in one, probably something that worked in his benefit was every, you know, everyone was, all the pressure was on Matt. So everyone's yeah. looking at Matt and Ben just kind of, I mean, like if Ben wasn't winning, well, he wasn't supposed to because Matt was supposed to win. So all that pressure was like dumped on Matt. But dude, Ben just looked amazing in like every event. Picket, swimming, uh, you know, moving barbells, doing this stuff. It's like, dude, you're on fire right now. <laughs> no one's even yeah. looking at you either. No one's mm-hmm. even watching him. All right. Crazy. So Ben Smith wins heavy DT. And this is Friday night. And on the women's side, the race was just as exciting, if not more was seeing Sarah Sigmund's daughter, her little coming out party, her going yeah. head-to-head with Katrin towards the end of that and with Annie. But Sarah destroys everyone winning heavy DT. And I feel like that might have put her close, if not into first place, going into Saturday. So we've reached the halfway point. So we move from Friday night to Saturday morning. And one of my favorite... Moments of the 2015 CrossFit Games was watching good dude Dan Bailey sprint across the... the, I I got to watch the individuals because I was doing teams. And I I see you take off. And I'm like, oh, this is just... It's just so nice to watch someone do something that they've spent... Like, what, 10, 15 years of your life perfecting. 
Yeah. I think people forget that part. It's like, oh, Dan's fast. I'm like, no, it'd be like saying, oh, Michael Phelps is fast. Like, you have any idea what they've put <laughs> in to, to look like they do at the speed of which they have. So I respected that. I understood that. But to watch you out there, knowing how excited you were to do it, and then I see you do these hurdles at the end. And I was like, did anybody just see what I just saw? Because I saw <laughs> the glasses come off. And yeah. I see you swoop, and then I was like, I just saw the most impressive things I've ever seen at the CrossFit <laughs> Games right now. I was so hyped. I think I was, like, grabbing Bill's shoulder. I was standing behind him as this is happening. As but, you're doing, like, six-foot steeplechase jumps. And I don't know these, why. Like, you know, 20-whatever, two-inch high little pylon deal. All right, so let me explain the event, and I'm – I should probably shut not up. Not a hurdler, dude. What happened? I should shut not up. Not a hurdler. Let... <laughs> Did not do the hurdles in high school or college. He I had some good leaps, though. That was leaps, not though. hurdling. I was jumping. Over <laughs> <there>. <laughs> oh, okay. So it was a, we went to the soccer stadium Saturday morning. And I'm talking way too much in an event that Dan won. It was a obstacle course sprint slash hurdle. So it was kind of a blend of 2000, gosh, was it 12? Where they had the cones? Yes, it was yeah, 12. Yeah. So you had the zigzag sprint to start, dead sprint ahead for what, 50, 60 yards? Yeah, something like two that. Two hurdles at the end? Uh, Probably like four. Four? Oh, was it four? Jeez. Yeah, three or four, yeah. Oh, there goes my memory. So, Dan, take us through. What, what's it like waking up that morning? <laughs> Knowing uh, what is lying ahead of you. You wake up and the butterflies are there. Like... They're just, it's already, because it's in your head, it's like 100 points coming my way. Like, you need, you can do this. Or two. And you need to do this. And, yeah. Um, so, you're excited. Any, anytime, like, somebody tees one up for you, that's basically, like, it's your jam, it's your thing, it's your time to show the talent that you have. Um, nervous for it because you care. Like, so super yeah. nervous. Don't want to take a misstep. Don't want to get a penalty or something stupid happen where – it takes away from your efforts, um, but it's just excited, just, you know, stoked to get out on the field to do your thing. <laughs> so I always have this question, and this is how I feel, and I try to explain this to other people, is when an event comes up that I know I'm not only good at, but I can win, I'm always way more of a wreck going into it than I am at an event that I know I suck at. Do you tend to feel the same way? I, I think so. The nerves are probably a little bit higher and, and the, there's just more pressure. You're mm -hmm. putting more pressure on yourself because right. the expectations there and, you know, in an, an event that you're just, you know, is going to be bad for you. It's kind of like a, you have to relax a little bit more and, you know, it, it takes some of the eyeballs off you. It takes some of the pressure off you to just kind of go out there, do your thing and do well versus, Oh no, I need to win this. Like <laughs> this needs to be mine. Like, you know, this has to happen. That was so much fun to watch. So why, yeah. why, why do you think, or were you bummed? Because they, the, the way they set this up is it was a fifty-point event down, and then a fifty-point event back. Um, the year before that, they did the, they did the sled, the sprint sled, same exact setup, mm -hmm. but that was, I think that was hundred and hundred. That was two. Was it? I think it was. I don't know. I don't remember. I was not see, 50, thrilled 50, that it was right. only 50 and 50. <laughs> <laughs> I think it 100% should have been 100 and 100. <laughs> well, because I, and I think there was, uh, I want to say it was the 20, 2011 or 2012 where they did the sprint. You're right. It was 50 first. 50. It was 50 and 50 for the sled? Yep. 
Uh, okay. Okay. Yep. So they did the sprint uh, into the rope climb. Yeah. 2012. Yeah. Yes. And so we talked about that. We talked about, okay, so what would the strategy be in, in an event like that? Do you try to send it for 50 points or do you pull back just a little bit so you have more for the 100 point event? And I remember you were in that where you're like, I'm going for it. It's so big. Those are my points. I'm going to get my points. But yeah. Uh, I think back then it was Dan, no pace, Bailey. No. <laughs> One speed, guys. On. You, it's on or off. There's no. <laughs> I was a very binary athlete at the time. It was either zeros or ones. <laughs> well, actually, in 2012 on that shuttle run, I did pull the throttle back. Did you? Like I didn't. Oh yeah. Because that was kind of my thought process. It's like, you know, I can probably run pretty hard and still do pretty well, mm -hmm. but I know this next event's going to be pretty tough. So I, I want to have a little bit, I don't want to crush myself. I know okay. what it's like to run an all out quarter mile, 300 meter shuttle, whatever you want to call it. Like you're pretty devastated when you're done, if you do it right. Right. So pulled the throttle back a little bit on that one. And you know what? Turns out I just really sucked at the next workout <laughs> too. So that didn't, didn't pay out at all. Oh man. Uh, pay off at man. All. So I didn't do well on that either. Wish I would have lesson learned one speed from there <laughs> on out. That's it. Oh, all right. So the start um, off Saturday, Dan, you win both sprint one and sprint two on the women's side. I tell you, there are some wheels out there that I was not prepared to see on the women's side. Lindy Barber, dude, her totally. sprint one crushed it. Yeah. Oh, she got first and second, first and second. And then who won sprint two? Oh, Kristen Holton. Kristen Holton. Again, you know, I, I always look at her as kind of this endurance athlete. And I should just start looking at her as an athlete. Yeah. She she's <laughs> constantly surprises me. And it's only because my expectations are so skewed. I think uh, the last time, uh, Dan, we were, um, I think it was last year at the games. We're like, we better say her name early on in the weekend so we don't look stupid on sunday <laughs> right <laughs> exactly that was like every every time we came on camera we just would say kristen holta it wouldn't even kristen it didn't even have to no, be in context yeah <laughs> i think she's gonna do well it's like it's the men's swim i don't know <laughs> what, what you guys are talking about oh man oh. and then okay so we have the sprint one and oh my goodness this event was so cool, but I don't think I've ever the soccer chipper. Yeah. And that new pig. I've never been scared of an implement before. But looking at how hard that pig was, well, for some people, I was like, this is the hardest thing I've ever seen the athletes have to do. Because how heavy was that? Was it, was oh, it heavier it was than north the, of... I want to say it was north of 500 pounds. 565. Oh, my god. 565, yeah. So how much yeah. – so they had pig one in 2012 during the burden run. Yes. And then, and then they revamped it. So it was like this weird – 2012 was the best way to explain it. It's like this long bar with plates in the middle and, like, rubber ends yep. over metal. Yeah. And then this one was just looks like a giant domino piece. It was, it was foam. Like, it was just a massive block of – super dense foam <laughs> between like the two i mean which one did you i mean i know the second one was much heavier but was it easier to navigate because i know a lot of people had just trouble getting their hands into a good position on the first pig yeah the the second one 
it was easier and and the, at, it was easier at one point at the, at the starting point, <laughs> okay. and it was but it was more difficult okay. once you got it basically up here. I mean, depending on your height, if you're right. a bigger, taller guy, once it's to your shoulders, now there's more weight that's upright. You're doing less of a press. Basically. That makes sense. Um, but the first pig was more difficult because I, I don't think I could. You couldn't really drive into it. You couldn't drive your shoulders into it. You couldn't like dig in with your torso it was mm -hmm. pretty much just a straight deadlift and like trying to lap it or get it up onto your knee somehow and then flip it over that way um but yeah like every time i even got it to my shoulders it almost felt like a max bench press like yeah. off of my chest trying to walk it forward and tip it over and i think on either side of me was spencer hendel and ben smith who were just like oh <laughs> <laughs> catapulting the thing down the field and i mean i didn't do bad with it but like they did really well with it so I love the combination too. It was like that super heavy flip into some technical, I believe it was legless rope climbs. Yeah. It wasn't it two and different your, thickness your arms ropes are blown up. You're pretty fatigued. And then, Hey, let's put you upside down to finish, yes. you know, for the sprint. Yes. <clears throat> I'm trying to think yeah, of what that, the, the rope climb, um, rep scheme was, was it, uh, four legless, but it was, was four. it four? It was, it was two and two. So two with a thick rope and yes. then two with the regular rope. Okay. It went thick yeah. thin, right? And it was, um, you watch, you watch, I mean, on the women's side and on the men's side, you watch everyone fighting to lift that pig up in this, you know, squishy, but not squishy sort of setup and then have their forearms blown out, trying to, trying to, you know, lift that up and then jumping up on the rope. And that, the, the frustration in that event, I haven't seen <laughs> in any event since or before with so yep. many athletes like where they're looking at the rope like i there's, i can't get there's i i can't get up that thing it's how much happen. i can't sit here long enough yeah to get up there how much different was that thick rope uh, it's way different i mean it's just like it just taxes your grip that much more yeah. like it's just you know if you don't wait if you like you said if you're not you know taking your time and properly resting before you know you're good to go uh and you know you're going to get all the way up there um then you're going to waste three quarters of a climb because that's what you see so many times right you see people mm, get yeah. three quarters of the way up there they're maybe like you know two and a half feet away from touching where they need to get and <sighs> it's just just not there it's not going to happen like you can see it on their face you can see it in their arms you can see it in the grip and you just come right back down and now you're a whole nother rope climb in and you got nothing for it. Like yeah. you basically did like eight or nine <laughs> reps or eight or nine strict pull-ups and you needed 10 and you needed 11. <laughs> and so the whole set doesn't even count, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I got away with, uh, I didn't get away with, I'm going to crack myself there, <laughs> but on the, uh, the handstand walk, I was handstand walking and I was, I think it was my last one. It was broken up into sections and you had to, get your palm mm -hmm. onto a white line. Okay. It had to be completely onto the white line or over to count. Like if you kick down and a piece of your palm wasn't over that white line, then that was a no rep and you had to go all the way back to start your handstand walk again. And uh, I remember doing it and I was getting right at failure. Like I could feel my elbows giving out, the shoulders giving out. I'm full scorpion, like <laughs> out. my midline's completely broken. And uh I get my last palm over onto the white thing and I was smart enough to keep my hand there. 
because I fell down and she said no rep. And I'm like, look at my hand. And it's sitting there across the oh, light. She's like, wow. oh, you're right. And go. Wow. And she sent, me, sent me home. Yeah. Was no it, way. Was it two 50 yeah. foot sections? Dude, that, that was it had even, to be? and you were, you were like in a foot race basically with uh, Lucas, I think on that one at the exact same time. I think the video had you guys. Let's see. Might have been. You like had all neck. that yeah. time to. Wow. No. Well, way. I mean, it happened very fast. Like right, yeah, right. I mean, the explanations there, but like I came down, I heard no rep, but I kept my palm on the ground, and I'm like, look at that. Like my palm is over. Like this is over, and then I got sent. Oh, Bill, Dude. you're right. Dude. Eight thirty two point one seven. Hoberg was eight thirty two point four two. So <laughs> two twenty five hundredths of a second. I think this one is crazy because the failure element changed the entire event because the grip getting oh, yeah. blown out from the pig, the grip already smoke going to a thick legless rope climb into a normal one, two and two. And then that there was a hundred foot handstand walk at the end. Was it two sections? 50, 50, 50, 50? Might've been two 50 foot sections. Okay. Yeah. And just the, you know, the, the chance that you had to take because it was so fast, but I don't think I've seen such a huge time discrepancy between like first couple guys and the rest of the field. Cause you got like what four thirty. So Ben Smith, this was again, another one of those smooth operator events of Ben, just like yeah. flipping the pig and then climbing the ropes and then walking on his hands, and then coming down and putting that little one finger in the air. He's like, <laughs> yay, I did it. And yay, I'm done. I, yay for me. I finished the event in four minutes and 30 seconds. And it, look at this fourth place was two minutes slower fourth. So there's yeah. just such a huge drop off. And then, Oh, I remember this in Akinwali moment. I think oh, she, yeah. did she go the whole hundred or did she come down in the middle? She did something crazy to win the I'm event. Not sure. She edges out. Carrie uh, Pierce. She went the whole. She went the whole hundred. Because the they were talking about in the interview, they were talking about her okay. gymnastics, the handstand walk at the end. She's like building off that killer cage, unbroken moment where she just never came down. She just turned yeah. around, it went in, and came all the way back. Man, it's just was well, such a crazy athlete because you just don't you don't you don't look at her and think, oh, a gymnast. You look at her and think like Olympic lifter. Yeah. You know. <laughs> And then she does these un unbelievable gymnastics so movements talented. and body weight movements. You know, it's, it's insane. So talented. So much fun to watch her compete. All right, so Ben Smith, Elizabeth Akinwali, they take the soccer chipper. And this was kind of the this was the tide turning into Ben's favor over Matt, because they were going back and forth and Matt had the lead, but this is when he blew his grip up flipping the pig. And just yeah. couldn't climb the ropes anymore. And then they go back into the tennis stadium and they go to that one rep max clean and jerk. Now, everyone had their own platform. How yep. many lifts did you get? I can't remember. I had to change my audio a little bit here. I hope you guys can see Oh, I got okay. you. Is yeah. that all right? Yeah, yeah, you're good. Yeah. Okay. Um, you got two lifts, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. And you had your own platform. It was kind of like you had a set amount of time when the beep went off your judge pointed at you to go. You had so much time to hit the lift and then it was on to the next person just kind of on a okay. rotating schedule. Yeah. yeah. Just two though. Jeez. How do you get, how do you guess what to even start with? Well, I can tell you that the, the warm up area for that, my warm up was a disaster. <laughs> like I remember doing like a clean and jerk at 
285 or something and being like, that felt like 315. <laughs> like if I don't get over three bills on the floor, I'm leaving the competition. Like we're not <laughs> continuing. I don't deserve to continue if I don't hit over 300 pounds. Uh, you know, the, the cumulative effect from Murph oh. and double DT that day, that day that just wrecked everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would basically, after an event, especially on Saturday and uh, Sunday, or more so on Sunday, um, shrivel up into a ball. Like my arms would close up and like my legs would get super sore. And then I would stay that way, basically clamp down <laughs> in like half rapto. Like for, full roly poly mode. <laughs> yeah. Majority of the day. And then when it was time to warm up, it was like, all right, I kind of got loose. I can move the joints. I can open up my elbows again. I can open up my arms get out there, do the thing, and then come back and cool down and immediately like back into soreness. <laughs> so it definitely took a toll on the the clean and jerk. But I think I ended up hitting like 317 or 318 okay. or something like that, which wasn't great for me, but it was like that risk reward factor, right? Like you always, I look back on it now, it's like you should have sent it a little more. You should have gone up to 325 or 330. It's always you know, easy when you make it, it though. To go, you know, I, I, it's always easy when you make the lift. To yeah, go, exactly. You know what? I, I could have gone a little bit more. Because then when exactly. you miss it, and I, I've been here on this one, you miss it and you're like, man, I really shouldn't have gone that heavy. <laughs> oh, you want to talk like about that, missing lists and getting, that was a mistake. <laughs> retiring from the CrossFit Games, Billy. Would you like God. to tell that story? <laughs> no, we'll save that for another show. Oh. Uh, and, a lot, and a lot of other beer on top we'll, of that. We'll too. have a whole show <laughs> based <laughs> off, on our biggest blunders. I've got a few of them. Uh, I think, so Dan, next. Dan, to your point of, about thinking you could send it more i feel like that was the limitation of two lifts i think if you had three you would have seen a a a bit more people maybe gamble and go for it because you know with three it's like okay what is it hit something you know you can something you're pretty darn sure you can and then let's just see what we can do so i i I would have liked to have seen in that event specifically three lifts rather than just two yeah, Just yeah the, I mean, if we would have had three athletes. lifts, I would have been north of 380. Yeah, easily, clearly. You know? You, you'd beat Duh. Aaron Hanna by 30 pounds. Duh. For sure. So Aaron Hanna wins at 350. Behind him, Ben Smith. Gosh, he gets second place off his first place finish. On the women's side, it's uh, Brooke Entz's second win of the weekend. Two pounds over Lindsay Valenzuela. So she got 242. Lindsay got 240. And we come into the triangle couplet. And if there was ever an event that made my OCD go off the Richter scale, that damn it six. was this stupid triangle six. couplet rep scheme of 15, 10, 6. Like, jeez. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have to go home and take a shower, turn my door handle 30 times in one direction and 30 times in the other direction. And, oh, my gosh. Th- uh, this... This hurt. I know there was a point behind it because it was really about the triangle couplet meant stacking. If you were to stack cups, right? So if you were to do five cups on the bottom and four, three, two, one, it'd be 15. And four cups at the bottom and then it'd be 10. And three cups at the bottom is only six. And I was like, why? Why? Please, no. (laughs) Fix this. And it was um, thrusters at 165 and 115 and bar muscle-ups, which was a Really cool event to watch. Short, quick, a, a classic in the tennis stadium, nighttime event where, you know, for lack of a better term, classic CrossFit where, you know, our fittest athletes in the world can just send it. Yeah. 
except they had to do six damn reps in the last round. <laughs> made me pull my hair out for about eight feet. <laughs> did they, when did they announce that event, Dan? Was it right after the clean and jerk and this is what you guys are doing tonight or? Yeah, I think that was the case for that one. I think we didn't know anything about it until uh, we got briefed for it. Okay. And, you know, they set the standards and everything and then, you go. So you look at your hands, you're like, okay, guys, <laughs> Dude, we can do this. <laughs> how did you, how did your like bicep tendons just not rip out of the sockets at the elbow with all the pulling the hundred pull-ups weighted? Of course you got, you know, legless rope climbs, you got snatching, you got cleaning jerks, you got more bar muscle ups. It's like, I mean, I get it. You have big biceps, Dan, but like, <laughs> Jeez, dude. Dan so yeah, has been preparing things. for this games for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I was so fired up for the weekend? Bro? I mean, <laughs> can finally put these bad boys to some use. It's the CrossFit bicep games. Okay. Right. Oh, it's sweet. <laughs> My dream. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like I said, you, you warm up and you, you feel good after you warm up. And I think adrenaline takes over. And the whole weekend you're kind of on high alert mm -hmm. at all times, mm -hmm. you know, after the weekend's over, you start oh. to realize that, you know, all that adrenaline fades and you're just exhausted. Like you're mentally. And cause you just, you come down from that state of readiness of like, yeah. I need to be ready to go every hour on the hour for the next four days. Um, and you know, you get out on that tennis stadium floor with the lights on and the crowd and you're out there with the other competitors, you're not thinking about, anything other than winning and putting on a show like that's it all the soreness none of that stuff matters so strategy for that one was you know break up some thrusters early and try to do all the bar muscle ups unbroken um i knew that for me personally that was going to be my best bet of uh, okay. catching guys the, especially the bigger guys yeah. and i think i i think i only i think i broke twice um but did well in that event. You had a great event. You got fourth yeah, overall. Fourth on that one. And it was close. It was Fraser 443, Olsen 447, Sager 52, and you at 502. So 19 seconds separating first and, and fourth. That's I mean, that, that, was, that yeah. was a fun race to watch, minus the last six reps. <clears throat> but that's a me problem. That's a me problem. <laughs> So Matt Fraser wins. He he uh, was trying to bounce back from his performance that he was raging about on the um, soccer chipper. And Camille LeBlanc Bazinet, she gets her first win of the weekend. I think that was a that was a much needed just kind of cleanse the yeah. palate event for her. She was having a rough weekend up to that point. You know, it's pretty interesting. Like uh, almost every year that they've programmed in the games. I mean, we're talking from like. Well, basically 2007 to now, there's always been that hint of Fran that has always entered the thrusters and the pull-ups, the thrusters and the pulling, the thrusters and the gymnastic, the, that, okay. that similarity, whether you're looking at like a heavy Fran or the chest bar Fran or the whatever, there's like that element is always in there, that, that, that pairing yeah. of just even those two movements you see so often is really i mean that's really interesting especially when you think of but go back to you know 2012 what? right you had fran yeah and then 2013 it was legless yeah 2014 it was the i would say 21 15 9 couplet is similar ish to totally. a franished style and then you have this one which is 
heavy thrusters and bar muscle ups. So yeah, you're right. I didn't didn't it's think a trip, about that. Man. It's really interesting. Look at you, Bill. I mean, you know, that's what we do when we talk about this stuff. The analysis. Oh, Jeez. man. Think about it, you know? This is the high-quality content no one showed up to listen to. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so that closes out Saturday night, and we move into the final day of competition. And it starts off in the tennis stadium. We had Midline March last year, which was such a cool event to watch. And then we followed it up with Midline Madness, which was... Not a fun event womp, to watch. Womp, womp, <laughs> uh, Boring. We'll, we'll go through it. Let me go through it. So Midline uh. Madness starting off day, the fourth and final day of competition. Six rounds for time. 400-meter berm run. So it's up the stairs around that back berm and back down. 50-foot yoke carry. Weights at 380 and 300. And it was... Well, Dan, you can let us know how it was because we're just talking about something we've never actually done before. But it looked like a running event. Totally. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone really struggled with the yoke too much. I mean, any struggle might have been if you were unsure about how to pick it up. Maybe okay. you kind of fumbled around a little bit there more than like other out of people, control. But I feel like once that thing was up, everybody cleared the distance without having to put it down. Um, it was a glorified so, pylon. Yeah, it was a berm run. It was like running the berm really hard over and over again. And yeah. I was and I was so bummed because they had, you know, you look out on the soccer field floor and you have all, I mean, because yes. everyone's out there. It's like, and oh. You have all these, all these yokes out there. And it's like, yeah. It's like, when are they going to put the weight on? It doesn't even count. It really doesn't even mean anything. <laughs> It's like it's just a it's just to kind of put you out on the floor so you can kind of see who's in the lead on the run. Like that's all. I that's mean, it all was, it really was. It was heavy. Like you could, you know, lifting it up, especially at that point in the weekend and being under fatigue. Right. Like, right. You could feel it, but I don't know if they needed some more distance there or just make it heavier or. Well, that was going to be what, my question but, to you: is what do you think would have been more an appropriate thing with that yoke? Either keep the distances the same. And have what, maybe a hundred more pounds on it, to ha actually have a factor in the event, or if you're just going to keep distance. it, if you're just going to keep it to those two things, the running and the yoke, then yeah. they should have made the yoke heavier. Okay, for sure. Um, if you were going to try to add in the strongman mm -hmm. stuff while you're running and have to actually, you know, do a nice hard loop, I would have thrown in like some sandbag over the cross member. Or like stone over the cross member, like or a throw in one more. Oh, another. Oh, like another strongman thing. Yeah, put in another implement Got or it. something like that that would have been like yoke carry, run back, and farmers carry, and make the okay. farmers carry that much heavier or something okay. like that. But outside of that, I would think that it's just you got. You probably could have made the yoke heavier and mm -hmm. just made it a little bit more of a struggle there. Make it something that people, a lot of people are going to have to put down halfway through. You know. well, remember, remember they did. Uh, I think it was the first year at um, Madison when they had the yoke. You had to increase the weight every single round. Oh, the final event. In the final event, I think that was 2018. Oh, yeah. yep. So even something like that would be, if, and this is no bad on Dave. I mean, Dave, I I love I love his programming and stuff. But like when I look at this one, I'm thinking, bring the bring the running down a little bit. I mean, have the running in there, but either jack the weight way up or add it. Inc have the weight increase so that there's, I mean, we're calling it midline madness. 
I, there wasn't right. anything there that made it midline to me. This was running madness to me. Like when I look at it, I mean, in, I think I think you guys did enough running that particular games not to have to add another mile and a half on it. You know, <laughs> that's just me. That's just me. So, but it looked cool. I mean, it was big. It was a lot. There's a lot of moving pieces, but this wasn't. I don't know. It just wasn't. Yeah. Well, okay. I think, so, I think they missed the point. I think they missed. They missed the ball on that one. Myself. Yeah, just a little bit, maybe. I, and I'd agree. And look, you're you've been programming every event since 2007. They're not all going to be winners, but mine are. I don't know what you're talking about. I think for us, like coming <laughs> in, is that we wanted to see maybe an event. When it was set up, like I said, your expectations were one thing, and then what transpired was another. On the men's side, it is Jacob Hepner, which Hepner, had a, yeah. always has the best post-event win interviews. So he gets first place. On the women's side, I think this is where you start to look at the weight kind of being a non-factor. Sam Briggs gets first. Kristen Holta gets second. Anna Tobias gets third. Margot Alvarez, Katrin Davis' daughter. You look at those top five, and you, you don't really see something of a yoke really deterring those names, which normally would, I would say, if there was a bit heavier movement, whereas a good blend of endurance and strength tested in an odd object way. You know, We don't need to beat a dead horse too much, but... That was the last, I would say, general event until we get into the finals. And though, here we go. <laughs> the uh, inappropriate na inappropriately named pedal to the metal. <laughs> One and two. Um, on paper, uh, well, I'll say this. On paper, when you read it now, you're like, heck yeah. yeah. Let's go, right? Full send. Almost to the point where you're like, I don't want to do this event because how hard I'm going to have to go. And then they, they started the event, and you're like, okay. They, they, they said go, guys. <laughs> you can okay. begin now. Hey, go ahead. So here's what it was. It was a, a two-part final event. It, uh, Dave unveiled a brand-new implement to the CrossFit Games. There always seems to be one. And it was three pegboard ascents. And honestly, when he, when he brought it out and he said what the event was in, in our production meeting, I was so excited. I was like, yeah. hell yeah, pegboard. Let's see, you know, let's see how these guys can take this on and, and tackle it. So it's three pegboard ascents, 24-calorie row, 16-cal bike on the assault bike, and then eight dumbbell squat snatches at 170. Little turnaround break. I don't know what the what was the time in between events, Dan. Do you remember? It was. I can't remember what the cap was. There was a cap, and then probably two or three minutes at the yeah. max. Maybe not a, a lot. minute. Yeah, not a lot. No. And then they moved into part B, and this is kind of rem reminiscent of the Cinco's. Was twelve parallel handstand push-ups, and you could kip. Twenty-four cal row, sixteen cal bike, and then eight kettlebell deadlifts with. Kettlebells I'd never seen or knew that they made uh, before <laughs> at 203 and 124, and I mean in each kettlebell. It w when they brought those things out to the competition floor, like my eyes, I mean, obviously my deadlifting prowess is as popular as I'm not, but I was just like, oh, well... It's not often a, an event comes up and I go, can't do that one. 
<laughs> also, I don't want to do that one. <laughs> but I think that the big story here for a lot of people, and you know, this was more on the women's side when it when it started, was just the inability of anyone to to do this event until you got a couple into the the later heats, and it was a lot of just standing around and watching other people stand around watching a pegboard. Watching Margot do Watching pegboards. Margot do Alvarez pegboard, do yeah. pegboards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when you think about it, you think about the weekend that we had and arguably one of the hardest tests up to that point. And you could probably argue harder than some since then, maybe, uh, based on some of the things that you mentioned, Bill. Like, there's a lot of repetitive. It was yeah. packaged up differently, but a lot of pulling. A lot mm-hmm. of you could even talk about how the paddle is all pulling. It's 10 yeah, miles yeah, yeah. of people who yep. don't do it, Didn't you know, think or about people that. who, and you have to be tested on things you don't do and all that good stuff. But now all of a sudden you get thrown in on Sunday, you're exhausted. <laughs> you're like your arms are just absolutely spent from like 10 different things that you've had to do. And you're thrown something that you've never probably done before. That's highly technical. It demands a lot of tension in the arms and all that. So it didn't surprise me to see as many people not do it or not do as well as, you know, we all kind of hoped, given what everybody had been through. Do you, do you think that that, I have my opinions on this. Um, do you think that that was a good test to have in there? Or if you think that it's a good test and it needed to be modified somehow, how would, how would you have changed it? I mean, because all we do in this, we yeah. in this show, we armchair quarterback everything. So we're armchair yeah. quarterback in this 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 design right here. What would you do to that? I would have maybe moved it earlier in the weekend. Okay. Okay. Um, I love the event. So it just didn't play out well. I love the well. event. I right. love the. Yeah. You know, I thought you've got that high skill kind of gymnastics thing. You exhaust yourself on the bike, and now we're gonna squat snatch. And what was the weight again? Was it a hundred? I think it was the first yeah. time we ever. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. And highly technical a squat snatch with a dumbbell obviously with i mean dumbbell. you guys yeah. had done it before with um that regional event in 2012 yeah but that wasn't squats it, yeah it wasn't a squat snatch that's yeah, a totally different animal when you have to yeah. one arm overhead getting below parallel is not an easy thing to do but that was wild pounds in your hand so uh, i don't i mean i maybe I like would have moved it earlier in the weekend but at the same time i finished under the time cap like i was able to do yeah. it so i'm pretty yeah, proud great, yeah you I'm crushed like, that well, you got third you guys just aren't you guys just aren't fit enough. Like <laughs> I'm fitter than you. And therefore clearly I did better. That so, is the answer. You know, I, I wouldn't change the workout at all based mm-hmm. on the fact that, um, I was able to finish it. All the top guys were able to finish it for the most part, I believe. Um, you know, you just gotta be better, I guess. I don't I, know, I'm, but maybe I would have moved it to a different part in the weekend. That's about all I can say. Well, and it well, it's weird because like, on the for the most part the guys didn't have a problem with it like yeah. it became it became a it became a women it became mostly a women's thing honest you only know, six guys finished bill i'm looking at this yeah finished but they still were able to make it there wasn't anyone yeah, that like on the guys side where they sat them. down and they're like okay so what's the next event true but i'm just so saying I'm just it's gonna like, go yeah. ahead and rest right now you know yeah the well, women obviously about, had the issue, oh, but go ahead, go ahead, Chase, sorry. sorry, the women already obviously had the issue and that's kind of more what we're talking about, but the guys didn't exactly light the world on fire either. I, I remember the comment while we were broadcasting when this came out and I said, these athletes might not have any idea how to do this, but I guarantee you all their parents do. 
<laughs> because this this piece of equipment was in every single gymnasium, high school, junior high. I mean, in the U.S. for sure. You know, I'm sure in all the other gymnasiums anywhere. Like this wasn't a brand new thing. My dad um, new new to these guys. My dad literally but, texts me. He goes, "Finally." Yeah, <laughs> see, I <laughs> told you, man. I told you. Finally, but that was, um, you know, and we we talk about that a lot. Is it how far past the realm of can they get it? Are you allowed to go to say that it's a fair test? And mm -hmm. I don't think there were a lot of people that said that this was way out of the realm, like they just weren't ready to do that. And I, I, I personally disagree with that. I don't think it was I way think, out. I disagree. I disagree. No. Yeah. You, you do disagree? You no, disagree? I, where I'm agreeing with you. I agree oh, with you okay. as well, yeah. Bill. Yeah, I agree oh. with you. Um, you know, and it, even though, and this is one of, this is, again, it goes back to one of those things that when you're looking at the test versus how does it look on camera? And the test mm -hmm. is, I think, I, I, I love what it is. I, I think it's, it's yes. cool. It even, and you know, when you look at the guys, when they were doing their thing, it's an exciting race on both ends, one and two, whether the women or a lot of the guys got hung up on the pegboard or not to me, doesn't diminish what it is because there were a lot of athletes that did the exact same thing on the rope climbs. And no one said on the rope climbs, you know, that's you probably point. shouldn't have had that one there. Mm -hmm. It's totally unfair. It's too much for these guys to be okay. able to do. No one said a word about that. They're saying yep. it here. It just wasn't, it wasn't the flash and dash of the very end. And yes. Ah, I think it's because no. it was the final event. It's in the limelight. This is to finally determine who the fittest on earth is going to be. And one piece of that, I mean, we'll get here in a little bit, but. There was a lot still, like nothing was set in stone. No. Usually exactly. in coming Sunday, it was like, okay, you know, Rich is going to win again. Although in 2014, it still wasn't settled. But it was always like coming into the weekend and the final day, especially the final event, you knew who was going to win. So there wasn't as much drama. Coming into this one, it was, we don't know what's going to happen on both the men and the women's side. So what is the final going to be? And then they announced it like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And then when it unfolded, it just kind of flopped. It flopped yep. until the final heat because once the final heats on, on both the men and the women's side, like if you just watch that, I think Dave was talking about it in the documentary. I was like, oh, this is the most, most boring final ever. And I completely disagree because when you talk about the heats that counted, yeah, this for me. Oh, super exciting. What, yeah, exactly. was by far the most exciting, intense finish at the CrossFit Games ever. I think until you saw the the Cara Webb, Tia Toomey, um, overhead walking lunge kettlebell finish uh, the, yeah. two years later. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the race between, you know, Matt and Ben, watching those guys battle, watching. Well, they traded off. I, I mean. Back and I forth mean, twice. And, yeah, traded off back and forth, but the the. Like that was that mat then is such a different mat now. I mean, that yes. he had there was frustration. There was like, dude, I can't catch him. You know, I can't, I can't get to him. He does this kneel where usually he's kneeling and looking around to see where everyone is to see, like, oh, I'm, I can rest while everyone's going. Now he's, now he's kneeling, like, what the heck? I can't, it's not working. You know, like that, that, I, I thought it was a great way to finish. And I, I, back then I would have said, put the pegboard at the two. 
so that you see people racing into that or flip it so that the pegboard's the last thing. And so you're kind of getting rewarded if you have the pegboard. Mm. But now, like looking back and thinking about the, the drama part of it, put it in the first part because then there's, then there's a crescendo to the end, which yeah. is what we ended up getting. It was in, beautifully in Pedal the Metal 2. Yes. You know? So 100%. Spencer, Spencer Hendel wins Pedal to the Metal 1 for the men. And on the and women's two. side, yeah, he he wins one and two, so we'll we'll just get those out of the way. He absolutely <laughs> destroyed the final event, and we'll talk about that when we look at the uh, overall standings. Margo wins, um, pedal to the metal one, and on pedal to the metal two. So let's, I mean, let's talk about this because a lot of people might say this is a controversial final on the women's side. So we said earlier is that the, the women struggled mightily here and a lot of them didn't get a single pegboard. And some of them just opted to not do it. They tried a couple times and then they just sat there for the next seven or eight minutes plus the two minute break in between and just rested for the last one. And one of those was Catherine Davis Sauter. Uh, was there, there there was a work requirement on that one? You had to get one no. pegboard or no? No, no, no. This work is so. This okay. I th- I'm gonna I I this is my theory. This is the event and moment that created the must make an effort to complete the event clause. Because I feel like in 2016 that was a new rule, especially in regionals, is that even if you couldn't accomplish the work you still had to give, it was like this vague, really weird rule. Dan, do you remember it in those briefings? I'm going inter- to inter- interject. Yeah, I want inter- to interject hard here because that rule is absolutely stupid. Uh, <laughs> in a world of measurable, observable, repeatable, you can't do any of those three things with, well, you have to try. Yes. It's like, it's, that's just a, a horrible way to do it. I didn't like and that rule. The way the way that I think you get around that, and the thing that I would have loved to have seen in every games that I've ever been in, and it would require you to have a better handle on the events, a better hand, a, an incredibly good handle on the athlete's ability. Um, but if you DNF an event, you get zero points. Yes. I don't care if you took tenth in your DNF, you get zero. You did 100% not. One hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. So if there's three people that finish, they are the only three people who get points. They get 198 yeah. or 95 and 92 or whatever that split is. Yes. But if you don't finish, you don't get, oh, you didn't finish and you got 75 points. Like, what? <laughs> yes. Are you kidding me? Yes. You couldn't do the test and you're rewarded for that? Like, or at the very me, least, if you can hear the bitterness <laughs> in my voice, gentlemen, because if that was a rule, I would have been on the podium. Ah. <laughs> oh, so because this is where this is where you went back and did the math, right? <laughs> there was not a, an event that I did not finish at the CrossFit Games in 2015. <laughs> so I think that does away with everything. I mean, that pretty much kind of handles it. It's like, wow, you were that unprepared. You don't get anything. And yes. if this person you're battling against finishes the event, yeah, you're going to get stopped because you couldn't even get to the finish line. I would say at the very least, if you did zero work, you get zero points. Yeah, you like, get, I get it. You if you get, if rep, you get time you capped, I don't count that as a DNF. You just got time capped. That's me. I, I mean, I, I totally understand where you're at. But at the very least, 
if you did zero work, you should at least get zero points for that. You shouldn't be able to sit on your butt for a whole event and get 50 points or, you know, whatever the tie break points end up being with, you know, everybody else. That's, yeah, I think that was a, that was a mistake. And that would change what that event would look like. So you take oh, yeah. the, you take the, the, the exact the same deal, you take the exact same setup, everyone's point totals going into it and everything. And that once that one sense, and I, I agree with you, Dan, I, I agree. I, you shouldn't be rewarded for not doing anything or, 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 I mean, at least if you have a minimum work requirement, it's going to, it's going to cause people to do some work because I, I think I that mean, that's kind of the, the minimum, same. The, the minimum work requirement for you to be even be considered for points. Like if you exactly, don't hit yeah, exactly. this mark, yes. if you don't hit this rep count, you're at zero. Fair. Right. No matter what, if you get if you get one shy of this mark, you're at zero. I think that's a good middle ground. And I think that that would have that would have forced uh, a a much more dramatic, and it would have just made it dramatic anyway. Whether people are getting them or not, all of a sudden now now there's that. Um, it's so much more important. Like you can't, you can't afford to just sit back. Well, that was strategy too. Some people decided not to do it. It's not like maybe they couldn't have after eight minutes of trying, but like, because there was really no penalty or minimum work requirement strategy came into play of just doing zero work. And you can't do nothing when you can't, you can't judge someone. You can't say that someone's doing bad because it's strategized within the rules. That's where the rules are set. Right. And that just like, wait, to your point, Dan, if you are going to, if you're going to make a, a setup like that, you have to know the event so well to think how are people going to make their way? What are the shortcuts that people are going to try to take? And like when you think that way, there is really you got you have to think outside the box. You can't just think, well, we're at the games. Of course, everyone's going to try because <laughs> no, because we've seen that, especially at this event, like 2011 all over in again. the past. Where yep. people didn't try, like you know, no. when when the 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 end one two three, that was the exact same exactly. deal. There was gaming, there was discussion there about that. So, you would have thought that that would have been, at least, in the mindset creation rules. Yep, everyone's way back. To, you know, everyone's going to try to win. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. what are the right. best options for me to win? <laughs> and if that's sitting on my butt based on the rules, then you're probably going to sit on your butt. Totally. All right. Crazy. That was good. That was kind of, that's been building up a little bit for a few of us. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So pedal to metal one, we said Spencer Handel, Margot Alvarez takes the win. Pedal to the metal two, Spencer Handel wins again. And on the women's side, it was Katrin David's daughter. So she came back after doing no work in pedal to the metal one. Uh, but I'll tell you what, neither did Sam Briggs. She got Cat 51, Cat 51, and Cat 51. And guess what? They went first, second, and third in the pedal yep. to the metal, too. And the flip side of that, Margo Alvarez got 35th. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just kind of what happens. Pretty now, bass backwards. Right yeah. There. So, and then uh, in terms, and so I'll kind of shift programming talk aside just a little bit and just. Being able to watch what went down, 2015 for both the men, women, and teams was you couldn't have written a better script 
of in terms of maybe excitement and drama of how they all played out. It was unbelievable how close it was on all three divisions to to determine who the winner was going to be. And and watching Katrin do those last kettlebell deadlifts where she would do two, because she was behind Sam Briggs by quite a bit. And then she like comes off the bike into two deadlifts and penguin walks and then two again. And she like all the way down to that final set of two, like just the, the roar in the stadium that was going on at those final events for both the men and the women was almost deafening. It was so much fun to watch. And, you know, Bill, I know you were calling it, but yeah, again, where we sit, you know, we're in this like little box seat based on like what would be the 50 yard line box seats for when we were broadcasting and you just open up those sliding glass windows and I would sit on the edge of it just like I was on a balcony just watching it all take place. And it was it, the loudest I, I'd ever heard the tennis stadium. It was unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. That, that entire weekend, I mean, they, all, all the games, you know, we talked about the, the growth of it and how, it, you know, more fans every single year. And then they have to bring in, you know, bleachers, extra bleachers to get more people down there to, to watch it. And you know, the test gets seem to get more, the, the spectacle becomes more and more grand. And I really honestly think that this was, um, not because of Murph, but if you just look at the, the, the sheer volume of what everyone was doing, this was one mm. of those ones where, Oh shit. Was that, did we over test what we were trying to test? Yep, uh, like I think good, it rode the good. line. I, I, I think it was a great test. It was so exciting. And I loved so many of the events, not the yoke one, but all <laughs> so many of the other events, but it really rode that line. And then this is where I started seeing other events, uh, you know, granite oh, game style yeah. events or whatever, where everyone started to try to copy this. And you see in here athletes saying how bad they feel off the games training when they go to these events and just get there. Just like, I am broken, man. I'm not ready to do games level stuff right now, this early in the season. And I, it was a, it, I don't want to say it was a bad template. I, I think it was appropriate for what it was supposed to do. Uh, it was so, it was very aggressive um, in all aspects. I think um, it, it rode that line. That was, rode the line. That's the question I was going to actually ask you, Danny, because you're talking about the weekend and the adrenaline and then coming off of it. Watching this final, I don't know. I can't remember who I told this to. But after watching the whole weekend unfold, I looked at someone. I said, you're about to find out who really wants to be games athletes after this year because of just mm-hmm. how brutal the test was. And, and just from watching it, what, how long or what is the what what is the aftermath like you know waking up monday morning after the crossfit games oh man it's not as physical as you might think honest for me personally saturday i felt the worst okay after murph and everything and like it just being locked up that was a brutal and day sunday i actually felt a little bit better like having some some gap between uh those events um and so, I mean, you're, I mean, you're pretty busted up physically. Like you are, you're sore, um, your joints hurt, like all of that stuff, especially since, like I mentioned, that state of like high alert is kind of gone. It, it, that's masking probably a lot of the pain. <laughs> you, just turn, you just turn it off. It's not, it's not an option to feel it or to, 
to accept that it's going to slow you down when you're out on the out on the competition floor. And so all that stuff starts to pop up once you wake up on Monday morning. But I mean, for me, honestly, it's like emotionally and mentally, just everything just kind of drops like you drop your guard down and you can kind of like exhale and just you're just exhausted from it. You, you didn't really realize, I don't think until that point, how wound up you've been for a week straight, just about like how, you know, you haven't been able to relax. You haven't got a good night's sleep. You haven't gotten any of that in five or six days now, you know, and finally all that kind of comes to a head on Monday. And at the same time, it's like a little bit of a relief, like the weekend's over and it's a good feeling too. It's a, it's one of those things like I did it and I did it well and I did it to the best of my ability. And man, that was awesome. Like that was, I'm so glad that I get to be one of the fittest men on earth and, and do this for, you know, partially for a job, partially just because I love it, partially because it's what I feel I was called to do. Like there's all those kind of emotions floating around. So, um, the next day is, is equally rough. It's rough, a little bit rough, but I mean, overall it's a good feeling. Like it's a, it's cool. a good feeling to have some of that pain and, and, and the kind of the letdown, I guess, from the weekend. Yeah, man. Really cool. It's crazy. So, so cool. It's like the day after Christmas. I, I mean, we, <laughs> I'm not even in it and I feel like that when I'm driving back, I'm packing up all my stuff and I'm like, oh, dang. I know. <laughs> all right. So people we don't about, know the people who are working the event and volunteer and they probably get less oh, sleep man. than the athletes do. It's crazy. We talked like, about how, what the demo team has to go through over that weekend <laughs> in our last episode. <laughs> That's borderline worse than the, the games. Hold oh. on. Run it back. Do that one again. Yeah. Do Murph, but uh, partition it this time. Like, excuse me. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I just finished 10 minutes ago. Two with a we 30 know. pound. We're, we're on the clock. We don't have time for this. Let's go. Oh, man. All right. So we have come to the end of the weekend of the 2015 CrossFit Games. And Dan, what we do at the end is we we look at a few things. Um, One is we try to be as objective as we can at the end. You know, we we look at what the events were, what the movements were, the modalities, the time frames, the rep schemes. Um, We keep track of these in this little chart we have here from the level two handbook it's nothing nice groundbreaking or you know we didn't make this up but it's just a you know a programming analysis worksheet and it just helps steer the ship with a, a more of a je- objective view so we're going to look at the programming as as far it stacks up in kind of the numbers and then we'll look at the scoring and see hopefully that that really wasn't an issue um, when it comes to the final part of the podium so we're looking at Gymnastics. There was eight specific gymnastics event, 14 weightlifting, and 10 monostructural. You know, if you just think wow, running, sprinting counts, bike, row, double unders, but there's no double unders this year. Uh, they had swimming. They had paddle boards. They had 10 different monostructural. And we thought there was a lot the year before where there was seven, and now there was 10. What that means... Not necessarily too much. It's just a it's just a new number that we've had on the time domain. So you kind of have you have a heavy day, something sub five minutes, five to ten minutes, eleven to twenty. Your more general time frames you would see for a classic CrossFit time frame, and then twenty plus. There is one heavy day. I consider the clean and jerk as the heavy day. I consider the snatch ladder as like a sub five minute event workout, yeah. just because it wasn't a single lift. There were seven sub-five-minute events at the CrossFit Games this year out of the 13 scored events that they had. So over half the events wow. were sub-five minutes. 
Did you did you count the snatch ladder as I, one event? Yeah, as one, just one thing, or did you count it as three with no? Three I, I just counted it as one event. Okay. Um, and then they had one five to ten minute, two eleven and twenty, and then two twenty plus minutes, which were more thirty plus minutes with the swim and Murph. Uh, let's see. Rep scheme wise, low is considered about sub fifty. Eight of the thirteen events were sub fifty rep events when you look at the uh, rep schemes, and that wow. goes along with the seven sub five minute ones. You know, I kind of threw the sprint in there as yeah. as one. Um, I considered the sprint because they were scored separately. I considered those two separate tests. So. Even though it was the same test and run backwards, it was still scored differently, which is, I mean, objectively, they were two different events, so I'm labeling as two different um, things. Just like um, Pedal to the Metal 1 and 2, those are two separately scored events, but very similar sub-five-minute ones. So they were, you know, there's a lot of those back-to-back, so it sounds a bit more skewed than it might really be, but again, I'm just looking at the numbers. There was a lot of pulling. There's a lot of gymnastic pulling, and there's a lot of weighted pulling, hang power cleans, deadlifts, pig flip. Uh, what else was bar that? Bar muscle uh, Sandbags, like picking a nose up, pegboard. So there was a lot of the kettlebell deadlifts, hang, uh, hang squats or squat snatches with the dumbbell. There was a lot of pulling. Um, so when we look at it, those are just kind of certain things that uh, jumped off the page to me. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think we've said it a lot. Like, it, it, the the pulling was very apparent this year. But one thing that surprised me was the shorter event, uh, shorter events, those sub five minute time frames this year, far outweighed the others. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thus, Dan's best performance. And that's the ever. only that's reason Dan Bale. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so we look at that, and then we'll look at what we'll do is we'll look at the overall leaderboard. And and we had uh, we had Chad Schroeder, stat man himself. Um, I've never seen yeah, someone more productive that in a pair of Vibrams than Chad Schroeder. <laughs> <laughs> Won't let it go. Just stick Swade, to your guns. Brown stick Swade, to your guns, Chad. Five fingers, of course. So Chad put yeah. all these numbers together. And he, he made us, you know, we sound stupid normally until the very end when we start um, giving you guys what Chad gave us. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at the overall leaderboard, look at the scoring system that they used, and then we compare that to what Bill and I, Bill started this, and now I'm, I'm kind of jumping on board, is just testing who wins based off average finishing place for the weekend. What did you get across the board? What's the median? There's your winner. And we come down, so we have the sixth new scoring system in nine years. So we got a, we got a, lot, of con- <laughs> a lot of consistency here. <laughs> You're picking it's experimental, up dude. It's data, <laughs> experimenting, and trying in, to figure out what's going to be the best call. And in 2015, different than three years prior. So what usually happened in this tiered scoring system, it would start at 100, drop the 95 and 90. You would drop five points down to fifth or sixth place. This year, it actually grew. So we, we already kind of had an issue of rewarding wins versus overall collective performance. And now this year is magnified even more because it's dropping six points from first, second, and third, and then four points 
fourth down to 10th. So getting a top three finish or especially a win at the CrossFit Games now is even more important. So what does that mean? So we look at the overall leaderboard. Ben Smith wins at a score of 915. Matt Fraser gets second place at 879. And then 100 points behind him is BKG at 766. Dan Bailey right there, fourth place, 730. God, what a great year, man. Yeah. On the women's side, Catherine Davis' daughter gets her first CrossFit Games win. Uh, Same with Ben Smith. She has 790. Tia Toomey, 750. And then Sarah Sigmund's daughter, seven points back at 743. Ben Smith had two event wins. Matt Fraser won, BKG won. Dan Bailey, you had two. Spencer Hendel had two, and those are the final two events. Katrin won the last event of the weekend. Sarah won one, and Briggs won two. Okay, so those are the point systems. Now we'll look at event place finishing. So Ben won by a narrow margin in points. Here's the crazy part. We're like, oh, so close. They went back and forth. Ben's average finishing place this year was 7.3. You want to guess what Matt was? Jeez. Yeah. Because they were only, let's see, 35, 36 points separated the two of them at the end of the day. And that's with a 17th place finish at the end for Matt. Matt's average finishing place was 10.7. Over three places worse than Ben Smith, and he almost won the games. Think about that. (laughs) And here's the crazy part. Matt Fraser got second place 113 points over BKG, and they tied in average finishing places. (laughs) Explain that to me. They tied in the average? 10.769 10.769 for Ben uh, for Matt Fraser and BKG, but Matt beat him by 110 points. Yeah, but that was three events, a 37th place, a 34th place. I mean, he didn't do good in the sprint, didn't do good in the rope climb. So, that, I mean, that brought that down. I mean, I, I again, I'm just from the beginning, the numbers, I said guys, that I I'm like just the, giving you get the numbers. your points, and that's what it should be. And Dan, no, to your... like, breakdown. I don't like getting extra points for winning, or if you win, you win. Yeah, you get it. They should all be scored. Equally. I'm just providing the information. Those who like of it. you are listening can take that for what it is. So yes, for average finishing place, Matt and BKG tied. So crazy. But he won. So he beat him by 100 points. Dan, you were only one finishing place out of that. You were 11.769. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know wow. if that makes your feelings even worse after going back. <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. That, spent two hours that on the, uh, damn you know, speed with you. snatch I, ladder. You know, I'm going to break a couple windows. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to break a couple windows, and now you find out your toilet's leaking again. So there, you got to let oh, your frustration Lord, yeah. out on that. Um, okay, so on the women's side, Catherine Davis' daughter, 10.9 average finishing place. Tia Toomey, 11. We're talking about less than 0.1 difference between the two of them. But Katrin oh, wow. beat her by 40 points. Yeah. That, that's, that one's crazy to me. And Sarah Simeon's daughter, really um, she was 3.6. So she, she wasn't as close. But th- th- we just want to show you guys, like, the scoring system and how you do it can affect certain things. It didn't change who won. 
But Ben Smith, you know, it's like, oh, as close as it was, Ben Smith dominated the 2015 CrossFit Games. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So those are your, Couldn't your have scoring to do a better systems guy. there. Guy's a savage. Man, and he'd been doing human. it for so long, and he'd be, you know, he kind of like got on the podium and not on the podium, and then finally just like yeah. getting that event win, and that was really cool. I, I was really happy for Ben to see that. Um, and this, you know, obviously this was the games that created the monster that we know as Matt Fraser today yeah, because of what happened, yep. but it was just kind of crazy to look at the, the scoring system at the end of that and how it all shaked out. Now we will say at the very end, it did not change who won the 2015 CrossFit games, no matter which scoring system you used, it was still Ben Smith. It was still Katrin Davis daughter at the end of the weekend. Yeah. I uh, that was such that was such a I love the fact that Ben like the 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 spotlight just wasn't really even on him until that last race between him and Matt you know I mean yeah. it really and even when it was close like you just it was amazing how fast everyone counted him out and just oh, assu yeah. assumed that Matt was going to get the spot you know yeah i mean so. that's how Ben Ben's more reserved. Ben's a little bit more quiet. He doesn't show as much emotion, but he's a competitor. Like, oh man, what's going on in that head <laughs> when he's getting ready to compete is the same thing as any other champion out there. And he proved it in 2015. I was so happy for him, just like you guys yeah. mentioned. I mean, you've been around for so long, and he'd done so well at so many things, and you're like, how has this guy not won yet? How <laughs> not? Like, it doesn't make any sense because he's that good. And then. You know, to see him get it. I have a great picture. I need to frame of me giving him a big bear hug after the he found out he won or after he finished and knew that he won. Yeah. Um, just kind of the relief it looked like was on him after competing cool. so long and being in the hunt for so long and finally getting at the top of the podium. It's just it was cool to see. It's awesome. Wow, that man. is awesome. Well, hey, we've come to the end. End of the show already. We we beat man. Rory's uh marathon time by about 15 minutes. So that was a good one, about hour, <laughs> hour 50 minutes. So look, overall. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. Oh, yeah. Overall, games-wise, how it shook, shook out. I think this year there was a couple holes in there. I think um, definitely before, like, again, I'm coming off my favorite games ever in 2014 as far as the program is concerned. 2015, still a great test. They tried a lot of new things that some hit, some missed. And I think that's just kind of necessary when you're trying to take the next step. And sometimes it's not necessarily a step back, but maybe a step to the side. So 2015, not my favorite games of all time. However, it was still one of my, I would say in terms of watching it as a spectator, one of my favorite in terms of finishing the finals, how it all shook out, just an electric and exciting weekend from start to finish. Yeah. The drama that, that was created was gigantic. And I think the, the way the events were set up, um, you're right. I, I, this was one of the ones that if we were to armchair quarterback it, we would probably change a couple things. And I think we, you know, we, we talked about that, through, that through the episode, but I, and I liked how you said that it's not a step backwards when you are trying to refine your test, but a step to the side to be like, okay, where, where do we really need to go? And we have to push the limits somehow. And I think that this was the one that pushed the limits on volume, on movements, on, you know, are we testing or are we showcasing and what are we really trying to accomplish? Uh, I really liked what the test was. I mean, some of the events in here are some of, some of my favorite events. I just, ones I really liked. Mm -hmm. 
So I, it was a great year, man. Super exciting. I love when there's a race. I love when there's a, a race and you don't know. I hate it when it's locked up in on the last day before you even do anything. That's, <laughs> that's the last ha- race we've had uh, uh, three oh, years man. after this, <laughs> especially yeah. on the men's side. I'm going to, I'm going to give it two thumbs up though. I like it. Same. I still like it. Dan, final thoughts on the weekend. Well, I mean, I thought it was amazing. You know, a couple of tweaks here or there, like you guys mentioned. Um, but I never going into weekends like that. Honestly, I should have said this at the beginning. It just popped into my head. I'm never, I don't want to say that I don't care what the events are, but that's not like, I don't make that part of my concern. I just make right. it part of my concern is you need to win. It doesn't matter what comes out of the hopper. Like it's after 2011, some of the shock value yeah. left after we went into the ocean and all that. It's like, I'm not surprised at anything they do anymore. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah. I'm excited for it. And they brought the heat that year. Like you guys said, yes, they one did. one of the <laughs> toughest years for sure of all the years that have been programmed. And I'm just stoked that I got to be part of it. Well, Dan, totally. listen, I want to thank you for coming on. I know you're a busy guy. I really do appreciate you taking the time. I know the fans are going to love hearing your perspective. And, you know, before we close things out, I would just like to send you off and, the best way I know how. Oh, if audio waves could blush. Oh, all right, everyone. Hey, thanks for joining us on this episode of Get With The Programming as we were analyzing the 2015. Dan Bailey, thank you so much for being on. Bill, I know you got a, you got real life to get to, but hey. It's all good, man. It was a great episode. Dan, good to see you, buddy. Yeah, good to see you too. Good to see both you guys. Thank you. Keep that barn going. See you next time for 2016.